1: Don't be like the world. I was thinking about that song in the world. The world, that song that said, uh, I can't get no satisfaction. Who sing that song? Um, Stone, I just want to see if y'all know. Y'all flesh monsters. You know, fleshy people. Fleshy. Carnal. Carnal. I can't get no satisfaction. Hey, hey, hey. No matter what I say. You make a bazillion dollars off of something like that. You know, just one little thing. You can't get no satisfaction. Listen, when you meet Jesus, he'll be your satisfaction. Am I right about it? He'll be your satisfaction. In Jesus, you can get satisfaction because he feeds your soul. And there's never a moment when he doesn't have enough supply. Interesting. Watch this. You're going to love this. Everything, and write this down. Everything that Jesus gives, he is. Everything Jesus gives, He is. Jesus not only gives bread, He is bread. Jesus not only gives life, He is life. Jesus not only gives water, He is water. He said, I came to bring peace, and He is the Prince of Peace. He came and said, I bring love, and He is love. Everything Jesus gives, He is. So when you have Him, you have everything. Notice in verse 35, again, Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Now, this is the first of the seven I am statements in John's Gospel. Every Christian ought to know this. This is Christianity 101. The first of seven I am statements in John's Gospel. You got a pen? I want you to just write down the verse. Then you can go fill in the blank. John 6:48. I am the bread of life. John 8:12. I am the light of the world. John 10:9. I am the door. John 10:11. I am the good shepherd. John 11:17. I am the resurrection and the life. John 14:6. I am the way, the truth, and what? the life. John 15:1. I am the true vine. The first of seven statements, I am statements of John, in John's gospel, of Jesus in John's gospel. John 6, 48. John 8, 12. John 10, 9. John 10, 11, John 11:17, 17. John 14, 6. John 15, 1. Very sad. Verse 36. You can almost sense the sadness in Jesus' voice. Look at it. He said, but I say to you, you have seen me, and yet you do not believe. Jesus said, you saw the miracles. You watch me feed the 5,000, but you won't believe. You know, I hear people say all the time, don't you? Well, if I see a miracle, I'll believe. You ever heard people say that? If I see a miracle, I'll believe. Listen, miracles don't cause people to believe. Seeing won't cause you to believe. Faith and trust equal belief. Uh, Jesus wants us to have insight, not eyesight, He wants us to see with insight, not eyesight. Look at verse 37. Very important verse 37. I want to read it again, and I want you to underline every word in verse 37. All that the Father gives me will come to me, and the one who comes to me I will by no means cast out. Now let me tell you something. Give me your attention. Look at me. This verse is critical for you to understand. You must tune in right here. It's very important because this verse gives us two very important theological positions. In this one verse, we have the position of Calvinism and we have the position of Arminianism in this one verse. Now, let me back up just a little bit. Remember I told you that the word all means all, and what? And that's all all means. All means all, and that's all all means. All here is referring to a total group, a unit, or the masses. He's not talking about all in terms of scattered things. He's saying all composite, combination, total, one unit. In other words, All those chosen in him before the foundation of the world, that entire group will come to Christ and is going to heaven. Jesus says all the masses of humanity are going to come to him because the Father has chosen them and they have been given as a gift to Jesus. So we have these two positions, Calvinism. Calvinism says or teaches eternal security based on the sovereignty of God. That's Calvinism. Arminianism is conditional election based on God's foreknowledge. That's Arminianism. In this one verse, we have both positions. All that the Father gives me will come to me. Are you listening? And the one who comes to me, I will be by no means cast out. Now, of course, Calvinism, Arminianism, the church has been arguing about this topic for 2,000 years. People come to me all the time. Facebook me, email me, Pastor Rodney. Can a person lose their salvation? Pastor Rodney, do men choose God or does God choose men? Does men choose God or does God choose men? And I tell them, yes. (laughs) The answer is both. Men choose God and God chooses men. Now listen to me close. If you are an honest Bible student, hear me. If you are an honest Bible student and you are honest to the word of God and to the clear teaching of scripture, and what I mean by being honest is that when you read the Bible, you not you are not imposing your preconceived ideas. Anybody know what I'm talking about so far? And you're not inserting your own thoughts about what you think about eternal security or not. Or does men choose God or does God choose men? You're not inserting any of those ideas. You're reading the Bible and letting the Bible say what the Bible says. If you are an honest Bible student, listen to me close, you will at times be a Calvinist and at times you'll be an Arminianist. Because the Bible teaches both. The Bible teaches both positions. I told you here at Calvary Chapel, we consider ourselves Calminians. (laughs) Calminians. Don't you like that word? I made it up myself. Calminians. We believe God has chosen and picked some to be saved. We also believe the Bible is clear that some will never be saved. We also believe that man has a responsibility to respond to the call of God. Am I right about it? God is knocking on the door of your heart, and you must choose him. And if you don't choose him, then it's clear that you're not chosen. Well, some people say to me, well, that's not fair. It's not fair that God chooses some, picks some, and he doesn't choose or pick others. That's not fair. How do I know if I'm picked, they might ask. I told you this a thousand times. People say, how do, you know, how do I know if I'm picked? And then you say to them, Well, do you want to accept Christ? Do you want to be saved? And they say, no. And you say, well, then you're not picked. (laughs) You you want to be saved? You want to accept Christ? Yes. Well, then you're picked. It's as simple as that. If you leave today and you don't get saved, then you weren't picked. And if you don't want to be picked, then you won't be picked. But here's the good news. God wants everybody picked. Did you know that? I'm waiting for somebody to get happy. (laughs) Get happy, happy. God wants everybody picked whosoever will let them come. That means God wants everybody picked. God wants you picked. If you don't know Jesus today, if you've never given your life to Christ today, God wants you to be in heaven. He wants you to be in heaven so bad that he sent his only begotten son to die on the cross in your place so you could be picked. Now, if you, I'm waiting. Now, if you don't want to be picked, you don't have to be picked. God does not gonna make you get picked, but He wants you to be. I thank God I'm picked. Where are my people at? I am happy. I am picked, and He picked me not because I was cute. Some of y'all think, oh yeah, He picked me because I'm cute. No, He did not. Trust. You're not that cute. (laughs) I'm happy I'm picked because, and, and he picked me before the foundation of the world. Now go figure that. I can't get my mind around that. He picked me before the foundation of the world? Wow. And he knew later. January 23rd, 1982, 7.30 p.m. at the Friendly Church of God in Christ on San Diego Street in Oceanside, California, that I would give my life to him and pick him. He picked me, I picked him. And I'm happy to be picked. And I never had a day where I regretted being picked. (laughs) Have you? Have you? Probably not. Probably not. God wants you to be picked. It's a matter of, do you want to be? I like what D.L. Moody said. D.L. Moody said, Lord, save the elect and elect some more. (laughs) Don't you like that? Save the elect and elect some more. Verse 37, I love this verse. It's a great comforting verse to every single servant of the Savior. Because God knows who's picked, you don't have to worry about it. Just be faithful to do what God called you to do and God will do the rest. You don't have to worry about who's picked or who gets saved. If you're a preacher, you don't have to have extended altar calls. Amen. Uh-huh. You ever been in an altar call where it's like, is there one? Is there one who would like to get saved? Nobody moves. Nobody. And he's, is there one who will come down the aisle to say they want Jesus? Is there one? Thirty minutes later, is there one that would come down the aisle? You're in a church like us, like, like, oh, like oh please. One time I remember, I was in a church like that. I told you this. Then I, I was in a church, and the guy's going on and on and on. Is there one? Is there one? I just went, you know what? I'll do it. I'll do it. Listen, I just want to get out of here and get a chicken sandwich, man. Sheesh. I'm going to I'm trying Man, I'm telling you. You don't be but when you understand, y'all get what I'm saying? When you understand that it is God who does the picking and not you, then you don't say I don't take any responsibility for anybody getting saved. If you don't want to get saved, don't. You never heard that from the pulpit have you? <laughs> no, man, your job is to get people saved. Pastor, that is not my job. It is not my job. My job is to tell you about the one who saves. Your job and the Holy Spirit's job is to for your salvation, not mine. It's not my responsibility. I have released myself from that many, many, many moons ago. I've released myself. I no longer carry that burden. No, I do not. And if you've been around here at Cabin Chapel, you know I ain't lying. No, I'm not. You want to be safe? Close your eyes. Bow your head. Shut your mouth. Close, <laughs> Close your eyes. Bow your head. Bow your, bow your heart. Bow your head. You want to accept Jesus? You want to be picked? Raise your hand. Nope. Okay, well, we're going to sing a last song, and we're going to get on out of here. Am I right about it? Come on, clap your hands if I'm right about it. Really, seriously. I'm joking about it, but I'm, I know that's right. I'm joking about it, but it's a very serious thing. Because we're not God, and unless God does the drawing, this is what the preacher must understand. Unless God does the drawing, you cannot be saved. If God's not working on your heart, you can't be saved. I can stand up here and say, is there one? Is there one? Is there one? Until my next birthday, if God hasn't called you to be saved, I will be doing it until my following birthday. Because it's a work of the Holy Spirit. It's not a work of Pastor Rodney. So yes, I love you. I love you enough to prepare to tell you the truth about the scriptures so that you can make a proper informed choice of whether you want to be picked or not. if you don't want to be picked, don't be picked. I can clearly look over this crowd and say all that the father gives to Jesus. They will come to Jesus. The question is, do you want to be a part of the masses who are picked and gifted to God? And the ones who come to Jesus, he will by no means. Look at verse 35. He will by no means do what? Cast out. He will by no means cast out. Hmm. That verse says, verse 37, says that he will, in the Greek language, he will never, ever, no, not ever cast you out. Why? Because Jesus didn't come to do his own will, but the will of the Father who sent him in verse 38. Look at verse 39. This is the Father's will that all he has given to me, did you get this in verse 39, that I should lose half of them. That I should lose a third of them. That I should lose what, saints? Nothing. That I should lose nothing but should raise it up at the last day. If you don't believe in eternal security, well, Jesus does. Notice he said he would lose nothing. Yes, I believe in eternal security. I believe that if you are truly born again, listen to me close, and I'm going to let you get out and get your chicken sandwich, okay? If you are truly born again and filled with the Holy Spirit and you love God and God loves you and the presence of God is real and tangible in your life, I do believe that you are eternally secure, that you cannot lose your salvation. And the reason you cannot lose your salvation is because, number one, you had nothing to do with getting your salvation. It is a gift of God, lest any man should boast. Number one, you can't lose your salvation because you didn't find it. Amen. It's a work of God. So then the question is, well, what about the guy who goes out and goes crazy Does drugs and goes off the deep end and whatever, whatever, whatever. What about him who made a commitment to Christ, but now look at him? Didn't he lose his salvation? I don't think so. I would only have to conclude from my limited place on this earth, finite information, right? I would only have to conclude that he never had his salvation, That perhaps it was a profession of faith, but not a possession of faith. Because if you truly possess Jesus, then I just believe, call me old school antiquated, I still believe that God is capable and able to keep that which he has gathered unto himself. He can keep it. He can keep you. You don't even keep yourself. You go to Bible study, and you pray, and you go to church, and that's wonderful, but that's not keeping you in the kingdom. What's keeping you in the kingdom is the ever-presence of the Holy Spirit in your life. That's what's keeping you. God is keeping you. And if you truly are born again and you truly have the presence of God, then you're not going to want to go out there and sin. You're not going to want to go out there and get back involved in X. You're going to want to stay so close to Jesus. You want to come to church. You want to worship. You want to love God. You want to serve God. You want to help with church and go to the women's beauty thing tomorrow. And all of those, I'm trying to help the ladies out here and, and do all that stuff. You want to be involved in the things that are going to make for your spiritual health. And the Holy Spirit causes you to want to do that. Even if you just open up a Bible. Lord, help me stop. Even as you open up the Bible, do you realize you opening up the Bible is not your own effort? That's not you. That's the Holy Spirit saying, open the Bible. That's the Holy Spirit saying, read the Bible. You need it. Oh, Oh. yes. That's all the Lord. That's not you. you. And I honestly think we are just so full of ourselves, we actually think it's us. We actually think that we're like all that in a bag of chips. You're not. You're doing nothing but breathing. God's doing everything. Come on, grab your hands and thank him. He's doing it all. He's doing everything. He would lose nothing, but in verse 39, he will raise it up. It speaks of the mass of humanity, the unit, and Jesus is going to raise it up in the resurrection. This is the will of him who sent me. Verse 40, everyone who sees the Son and believes in him may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up at the last day. Jesus is talking about, again, eternal security. You are safe in his arms. Jesus isn't going to lose you or forget you or misplace you. You are safe in the arms of the good shepherd. There's nothing more sure in this world than the sovereign will of God, and it's God's sovereign will that none will be lost. Jesus will not fail to keep us and to raise us up because it's his sovereign will. It's his work. You don't realize how dependent on him you really are. You're so, you're dependent on him and you don't realize it. And so we strive and we strive and we strive and we strive. I'm not reading the Bible enough. I'm not praying enough. I'm not, you know, I'm not doing this enough. I'm not doing that enough. And don't don't get me wrong. I'm not minimizing those things. I think we need to be doing those things because I don't think that there is spiritual health without doing those things. But what I'm saying is that if you don't, you know, read the Bible every single day for 30 minutes like you always do, you're not going to lose your salvation. God is keeping you. God is holding you. You're safe in his arms. He called you. He picked you. And you picked him. And now that you've been picked, now you're in his arms. And he's able to keep. Now unto him who is able to keep us from falling and present us faultless in the presence of a living God. He does the keeping, not you. And if Christians, period, could just get a hold of just that one little thing, God's keeping you. It'll free you up, and it won't make you. Preachers are afraid to preach grace because they think people are going to go out and send it up. So if I tell you that God is keeping you, and you don't have to worry, then people go, oh, well, you, man, you're, you're telling them to go out there and send it up. That's not what I'm telling them. And if, in fact, that this message is being communicated clear enough, that is not what they will go away with. What they will go away with is that I should love God more and that I should serve God more because God keeps me and he loves me and he draws me and he hasn't forgotten about me or misplaced me or will he lose me because I'm saved in his arms. That's the message of grace. And this is the message that Jesus is constantly trying to communicate to these religious, pharisaical people who don't love him, who don't care about him. They care about their stomachs. You fed us and give us more. They even said, Lord, give us this bread always. Give us a free lunch always. Give us an unlimited coupon at McDonald's for fish Happy meal. Always. That's all they care about. And Jesus is saying, "That's really unfortunate. You don't get it. I am the bread of life. And that whole Moses thing, all that pointed to me.
0: You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Kerry, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time.